Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Good morning, and uh, welcome to Sunday Take. It's a little different this week. Uh, we're going to have a debate uh, in the 3rd Congressional District uh, between Representative Dean Phillips and challenger Tom Weiler. Uh, I want to thank both men for agreeing to debate today, and uh, we're going to maximize our time as, as well as we can here, try to cover as many topics as possible, uh, and we'll just kind of kick it off right away. Uh, we flipped uh, a bottle cap to determine the... Uh, the order here, and uh, uh, Representative Phillips will go first for his opening statement. Representative Phillips, uh, you can start with your opening statement. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Blois, for hosting this debate. <clears throat> and gratitude to my opponent, uh, Tom Weiler, for his service in the Navy and his decision to run for public office. I do respect that. Uh, his affection for the Packers fans uh, is another story. I'm sure we can litigate that during the debate today. <laughs> uh, most of all, I want to thank the wonderful people I represent, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents for your faith and confidence in me during some very difficult days for all of us uh, and for our country. Uh, I'm a father, I'm a husband, a former businessman, and a lifelong Minnesotan. I'm also a Gold Star son who lost my father in the Vietnam War in 1969. I was adopted as a young boy and raised in the very community that I now have the honor of representing in our Congress for the past three and a half years. I'm an internal optimist, a believer in common sense, and I'm on a mission to restore faith in our government. And that's why I believe that representation begins with listening and placing problem-solving over politics. I believe America is at its very best when Democrats and Republicans work together and respectfully to address our country's challenges. And that's why I'm proud to have been named the most bipartisan member of the entire U.S. Congress, the most effective member of the entire Minnesota congressional delegation, and to serve as the vice chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus. 28 Democrats and 28 Republicans committed to working together. Freedom, including women's reproductive freedom, civility, and democracy itself. Yes, democracy itself are on the ballot this November. And I solemnly promise to give all of myself to the defense of each. I believe America's very best days are yet to come, and everyone is invited. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Representative Phillips. Tom Weiler, you now have 90 seconds for your opening statement. Thank you very much, boys, and good morning, Representative Phillips. Good morning, Minnesota. My name is Tom Weiler, and I'm running to be your next representative in Minnesota's 3rd District because I love this country, because I believe in America. I believe in our American way of life, our American culture, and our American dream is worth fighting for. Now, I grew up in the district, graduated from Eden Prairie High School, played football for Coach Grant like all good Eden Prairie boys, and then it went off to Notre Dame 
to follow my desire for, to improve my faith and to serve our country by participating in the Navy ROTS program. Upon graduation from Notre Dame, I was commissioned into the submarine force and served our country in the United States Navy for 20 years. Deploying on submarines throughout the world, operating nuclear reactors, leading diplomatic efforts throughout the world, I learned a great deal from my time, from my time in the Navy, a great deal about leadership, pragmatic problem-solving, and accomplishing the mission. But the most important lesson I learned was this. We are indeed blessed to live in the greatest country on earth, and our way of life, our American culture, and our American dream is worth fighting for. For that American dream to be possible for our kids, our, our communities need to, need to be safe and secure. They are not. We need a thriving economy. It is not. We need excellence in education. We do not have that in Minnesota. And we need a, need a united American spirit, and we have a divided country. Quite simply, the Biden administration, with the votes and support of Congressman Dean Phillips and others on the far left, are failing to deliver on that opportunity for the American dream. Whether it's 8% inflation, high school football games interrupted by gunshots, or paying over $4 for a gallon of gas and a gallon of milk, America is on the wrong course. I am running for Congress to turn the ship around in our district, our state, and our country, to fight for all Minnesotans, fight for that American dream. And I look forward to this conversation. Well, thank you, each of you. Uh, Tom Weiler, you'll get the first question, and then uh, Representative Phillips will be able to respond. Over the last two years, we've had, or after, over the last two terms of presidents, we've had unprecedented spending. What specific areas of the federal gov- government budget would you cut, and where would you favor increasing government spending? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Blois. Uh, Congressman Dean Phillips has voted for an excess of $4 trillion in government spending just in the last two years. That excessive government spending is clearly contributing to the 8% inflation uh, our country is suffering with right now. And that uncontrolled spending of our American taxpayer dollars in programs like subsidizing $7,500 to individuals to buy an $80,000 electrical powered SUV, uh, like spending $500 billion of American taxpayer dollars to pay off college loans. Those are just some of the examples of the excessive spending by the Biden administration supported on supported by the votes and support of Congressman Phillips that that I that are leading to inflation, causing pain for all Minnesotans in the third district. And I promise to all Minnesotans that I will be an independent, pragmatic problem solver in Congress in Congress and represent Minnesotans and not represent the Democrat Party like Congressman Dean Phillips. His 100% voting record with the Biden administration and Speaker Pelosi, that's, what, that, that's how you rate bipartisanship. How many times do you go against your party leadership? Congressman Phillips has not done that once uh, since President Biden took office. Representative Phillips, the question is, uh, over the last two presidential terms, Congress and the presidents have authorized unprecedented spending. What specific areas would you cut federal spending and what specific areas do you favor increasing federal spending? Well, thank you, Blois. I I, I note that my opponent didn't mention either where he would cut and where we might invest more. Uh, Let me start by saying I was just endorsed by the United States Chamber of Commerce uh, as a pro-business Democrat. I was also just named a fiscal hero by the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget because I care deeply about fiscal responsible business Democrat. I was also just named a fiscal hero by the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget because I care deeply about fiscal responsibility. 
Our country is now spending $500 billion a year approximately in debt service because our federal debt exploded by $7 trillion under the Trump administration. Uh, We have very little discretionary spending uh, to be made through the United States Congress. And to your question, Blois, very distinctly, I think we should look at the entire budget. Uh, I'd like to start from scratch, identify what our country's greatest needs are, and resource them appropriately. Our budgeting process in Congress is woefully broken. I think we should look at our military budget, $800 billion a year, more than the next eight or nine countries combined. I think we're using 20th century strategies. It's time that we assess our 21st century needs and try to reckon with the fact that we can be more strategic, more effective, and more efficient with our spending more broadly. Uh, If you ask me where we should be investing more, very simply, if we want to solve our nation's increasing crime problem, if we want to reduce disparities, and finally, hopefully, Realize the real American dream of opportunity for everybody. We have to start investing in children, better education, better opportunities, better safety, child care, paid family leave. Basically what our peer countries, OECD countries all around the world are doing to support families and children. That's where we should be directing more of our spending. Uh, And I'm a, a loud voice in Congress, as many know, to look at this from a responsible perspective and to stop the mudslinging and actually start solving the problem. Next question uh, starts with Representative Phillips. Inflation is impacting Minnesota families. What actions would you support at the federal level to give relief to Minnesota families and residents of the 3rd District from inflation? Well, inflation is painful. Uh, Every single family in this country feels it right now, and and we must acknowledge that. Uh, I also remind everybody, we just emerged from one of the most challenging three-year periods in our nation's history, uh, certainly in our lifetimes. Uh, and we will recover from it if we stick together. Uh, where do we start? Uh, solutions-based considerations. We should eliminate the tariffs or at least reduce them. The, t- the tariffs that Donald Trump put into place, that would reduce prices instantly. And I remind everybody, we just passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, that's going to reduce the federal deficit by $300 billion over 10 years. Reduce federal spending does actually lower inflation. As we all know, it's the Federal Reserve uh, that employs monetary policy uh, by raising interest rates, which they've done. The federal funds rate uh, now stands at 3.25%, up considerably. Uh, that is their domain. That is their job, to uh, reduce the incidence of inflation by reducing, to some degree, economic activity. Uh, to do it appropriately and perfectly is difficult. We all recognize that. Uh, but I want to acknowledge uh, these are tough times. There is not a country in the world in which I would rather live right now than the United States of America post-pandemic. Inflation is bad in the United States. It is even worse in most parts of the country. That does not make it easy for anybody. I want to acknowledge that. I also want to point out that the U.S. dollar is up 17 percent this year because even foreign investors recognize that the United States of America is still the safest place uh, to invest capital. Uh, We have the most secure democracy still. I don't know if that will remain true for long if we don't get our house in order. Uh, But these are the areas that we should be focusing on. I also remind everybody that Our Minnesota unemployment rate is the lowest in history, 1.9%. We have 268,000 jobs opening. If we manage things thoughtfully, and most of all, if we work together, we can get through this, and I believe we will. Tom Weiler, inflation is impacting Minnesota families. You said it yourself. What relief can the federal government, and if you're elected to Congress, give to Minnesota families and residents of the 3rd District from inflation? Stop voting in support of every spending bill that comes across Congressman Phillips' desk. That's how Congressman Phillips could help Minnesotan families stop, uh, st- help help them address inflation. 
And Congressman Phillips alluded to uh, we America still is the greatest country on earth. Absolutely, it is. I've I've deployed across across this world. I've um, deployed to or um, worked in over thirty five countries while serving in the Navy. And, and the United States has, was the greatest world, the greatest country in this world before the pandemic, and it certainly is now. But bottom line, real real Minnesotans, myself included, middle class Minnesotans, are feeling the effects of inflation as they make tough decisions to buy gas or milk. The Inflation Reduction Act, which Congressman Dean Phillips supported, does many things, but it does not reduce inflation. So the disingenuous title itself um, w- will give sort of Minnesotans a false a false optimism that, that this government bill will help inflation. It quite simply, it doesn't. Additionally, within a week of passing the Inflation Reduction Bill, President Biden, who Congressman Dean Phillips supports 100 percent of the time, um, decided to forget correction, decided to transfer college loans from those students who took out those loans to all American taxpayers. That's at the tune of five hundred billion dollars. So that right there will more than counter any say any deficit release re- relief that the Inflation Reduction Act that the Inflation Reduction Act gave us. Well, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like yep. to I'd like to respond to that Rebuttal. because I, I think my opponent is simply misinformed. I'm a business person. I believe in investment. If we invest upstream, we save money downstream. Uh, We just suffered through a three-year international pandemic in which we had a choice in the United States in the Congress to either support American families by providing resources, putting money in people's pockets to get through the tough times, or if we had done nothing, like it sounds my opponent uh, would have preferred, we would have had businesses close, we would have had families unemployed, and it is a lot harder. Any economist will tell you it's a lot harder to get out of that than it is to get out of what we are in now. The investments, the spending that I think my opponent's talking about, by the way, $7 trillion added during the Trump administration, the man that my opponent voted for twice, $7 trillion. The investments that we've made in the last couple of years in infrastructure because our country has fallen behind. In the CHIPS Act to actually repatriate chips manufacturing from Taiwan to the United States of America. To invest, in, to invest in all of the programs to support kids and families. That's what I'm all about. There is a contrast here. Uh, I believe if we, if we do so now, we will save money down the road. And that's the truth. And uh, I'm proud of the work we've done in Congress, the most productive Congress in my lifetime. Next question. Boys, if I could just quickly respond Actually, to that. There's only one rebuttal per. So we'll, All right. Thank you very okay. much. The next topic is immigration. Immigration is a major challenge, especially at our southern border. What specific challenge changes would you support to U.S. immigration policy? Tom, you get the first answer. I had the honor and the privilege to work in the Pentagon in the Office of, Secretary Def- Office of the Secretary of Defense, specifically focused on the border and the national security threats posed by the border. I, I sat in multiple briefings with the Custom Border Patrol agents whose job it is to secure the border. And quite simply, the Biden administration is completely failing to secure that border. There is fentanyl streaming across our country, killing Minnesotans. 1,286 overdose deaths reported in Minnesota last year, a 22% increase from 2020. Just last week, Bloomington police seized 108,000 pills of fentanyl. This is completely unacceptable, and this is a self-inflicted problem that that Congressman, correction, that President Biden and far-left Democrats are causing by the policies that incentivize individuals to cross our border illegally. This, this problem was, was addressed by the Trump administration, and the bottom line is this. Certain policies incentivize immigrants to illegally pack, cross our border. Certain policies um, minimize the, the desire and the numbers crossing our border. 
the Remain in Mexico policy, uh, investing in border security, um, infrastructure allows Custom Border Patrol to do their job, secure the southern border, which keeps Minnesotans safe and keeps all Americans safe. The first step in real immigration reform, which I'm a huge fan of because we need immigrants to drive our economy moving forward, is to secure the southern border and then fundamentally revamp legal immigration. Representative Phillips, immigration is a major challenge, especially at our southern border. What specific challenges do you support in changing U.S. immigration policy? Well, let's start with our principles and values. Uh, I believe, like my opponent, uh, my family's an immigrant family. 120 years ago, escaping persecution in Eastern Europe, coming to the most extraordinary country in the world uh, that gave a promise to all uh, who would come to its shores uh, for opportunity, possibility, safety, and security. And I think we should unify behind that and absolutely reform our terribly broken immigration policies. Two things can be true at once, Blois. Uh We can need enhanced security at our border, which we do, and we can also need to reform our immigration policies to become the welcoming country that Ronald Reagan would often refer to as the only country in the world to which people can uh, immigrate and become truly an American. You can't do that in any other country in the world. I've been to the southern border twice because I want to see with my own eyes what is wrong. And let me tell everybody, it is terribly broken, Democrats and Republicans for generations. What do we need to do? Use our foreign aid to provide safety and security in the countries from where migrants are coming. We should be adjudicating cases, asylum cases, in countries of origin rather than forcing these young families to spend $6,000 per person to cross the Rio Grande River with their children just to try to pursue the American dream. Which, by the Phillips, way, what have you done in the sir, last two years actually, to secure our southern let him, border? Let him finish his like answer, said, and then you can rebut. I've been to the southern border twice. I've seen mothers carrying their babies across the river. I've seen the compassion of uh, Border Patrol agents. They're doing this legally because we require them to come across the border to actually declare asylum. We should keep them safe in their home countries, not force them to make that arduous and dangerous journey, adjudicate those cases in countries of origin, and improve our immigration policy so that we can actually solve the labor crunch because every business that I visit in our district needs labor, and that's the way to solve the problem. Tom Weiler, you wanted to respond. Yes, absolutely. Congressman Phillips has simply done nothing to address this crisis, this humanitarian crisis, national security crisis, fentanyl crisis going on at our border. Congressman Phillips and the Democratic Party has had control of the House, the Senate and the White House for two years, and they have not done anything. In those two years, Minnesota has illegally immigrated into our country. Five million illegal immigrants have crossed the border since President Biden took office. And Congressman Phillips has done absolutely nothing to stop that. You're listening to the third Congressional District Debate. I'm Blaise Olson, your moderator and your host here on Sunday Take. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in about five minutes. And after that, we'll dive into more topics on this important election debate. I want to thank our sponsors, AARP Minnesota, Minnesota Corn Growers, and Minnesota's Credit Unions. I'm Blaise Olson. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Sunday Take. I'm your host, Blaise Olson. This week we have a debate in the 3rd Congressional District between Representative Dean Phillips and Tom Weiler, his challenger, I want to thank our sponsors, Minnesota's Credit Unions, AARP Minnesota, and Minnesota's Corn Growers for their support of our debate and forum season during this election cycle. The next question uh, goes to uh, Representative Phillips uh, first. Earlier this year, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. There's an effort to federalize a woman's right to choose an abortion law. Do you support it, and what specific provisions do you support or do you oppose it, and why? And why? Blois, I fundamentally support a woman's right, the freedom to make a choice about her reproductive intentions. I believe that should only be between a woman and her health care provider, her physician. I'm a father of two daughters. I never imagined that my girls would grow up in a country that would actually withdraw their freedoms and rights in my lifetime. And that's exactly what is happening right now. Thank goodness Minnesota remains an island, uh, a very important one at that. Uh, you know, my opponent called the overturning of Roe versus Wade a victory. I'll say it again. My opponent called the overturning of Roe versus Wade a victory. I want people to know that. Uh, I think that is sad. It is a, contrary to the overwhelming majority of Americans who do support a woman's right to make that very, very difficult choice. And there's a lot of talk about where the line should be drawn. I'm sure my opponent will probably mention that in moments. But I think we should be talking about who should be drawing that line. I think that should only be a woman and her health care provider, certainly not politicians, and absolutely not men. Tom Weiler, uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court earlier this year. Uh, Do you support federalizing uh, abortion law? Uh, And... What areas or timelines would you support or oppose? I support laws that restrict abortions with exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. The um, comment I believe Congressman Phillips was referring to, and and I said it was a victory for life. I think that decision brought it back to the citizens of this country. I believe it it would be best handled by state legislators. And fundamentally, abortions – are and rightfully should be an emotional issue for Americans to have strong feelings on. We're we're fundamentally, you know, we're talking about two inalienable rights, the life of the baby and the liberty of the women. And women who have unplanned pregnancies deserve our absolute compassion and care. 
We as a society must ensure that they have access to health care, prenatal care. And if women who are have an unplanned pregnancy do not see motherhood in their future, then we need to ensure they understand options for adoption. Of course I support women's rights and women's health care. I have a mother. I have a sister. I have a wife. I have a daughter. And I'm also, also the godfather of, of my adopted niece. So I understand that this is an emotional issue, as it should be. Um, but but I, I do think that, that the platform or the position that I've laid out is actually much less extreme than the position Congressman Dean Phillips took when he voted to authorize abortions up until the time of birth. That position is, is much more extreme than anything I've discussed here today. Boys, I, I, need, I, need, I need to respond. I, you know, my opponent clearly has his GOP talking points right from Kevin McCarthy in front of him. Actually, those are this from notion, my heart. This notion, this notion that we have a crisis of late-term abortions in the United States is so misleading, so misguided, and so darn right wrong. Uh, I have to point out the truth. Ninety-three percent of abortions occur during the first trimester, the first three, 13 weeks, 6% between 14 and 20 weeks, and only 1% after 21 weeks. In Minnesota in 2021, there was a single, yes, a single abortion that occurred after 24 weeks. If that happens, it is either a tragic circumstance, an unviable fetus perhaps, or an emergency that puts the woman's life or health in danger. So please Time. stop with these talking points, and let's get to the truth and Time. protect women's rights. Thank you. Well, Congressman Phillips, those, those are not talking points. That's from my heart. Tom. And you Tom. did vote to authorize abortions up until okay. the time of board. We're going to move on to another topic because I think the voters and the listeners want to hear on many topics. The world is at a unique place. This question is for Tom Weiler. With multilateral tensions, including with China, Russia, and Ukraine, what is Congress's role— in the gov- in the U.S. federal government and Defense Department uh, to work with the White House related to these multilateral tensions, what would the, what would your view be of Congress's role in dealing with these tensions? Well, that is a great question, boys. Fundamentally, the world right now is much more dangerous than it was two years ago or four years ago. Unfortunately, that is uh, the result of of both bad leadership by the Biden administration and lack of action by. Our Congress, but but obviously more importantly, it's due to the aggressive actions of President Putin and, and other world leaders who wish to have uh, a different world order than than that supported by the United States. This is the absolute absolute moment in our nation's history that we need national security experts, uh, people who have operated against Russian, Chinese, Iranian, North Korean forces, who actually understand the mil- U.S. military capabilities, our strategic deterrence capabilities, and, and the things that we need to properly resource to position America to be able to defend the Amer- Americans uh, in our country, throughout the world, and the American way of life. So what specifically should our U.S. Congress be doing? Uh, we, we, should, we, we need to be pushing back on the weak foreign policy um, that is the Biden administration. And as your representative and next Congress, I will ensure to be a check and balance to that uh, weak posturing by the Biden administration that is allowing Iran to get closer to developing a nuclear weapon, that is allowing North Korea to lob weapons over Japan with no uh, recourse, and that is – is uh, allowing to Russia to exert its will and dictate the prices that Americans are going to be paying for gas um, and, and throughout this winter. Uh, we need to return to energy independence, and we need strong foreign policy, and we need con- 
members of Congress who are national security expertise and have served their country around the world who understand the nuances of these very critical and dangerous situations. Representative Phillips, what is Congress's role in uh, dealing with multilateral tensions around the world, including China and Russia? Well, Blois, I'm a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House. Uh, It is a remarkably bipartisan committee. I want Americans to know that and listeners to know that we work very closely together Uh, Chairman Greg Meeks, Ranking Member McCall, a very strong partnership. Uh, We are in agreement about projecting American strength, but also focusing on diplomacy. Uh, And let me tell you, my opponent once again didn't actually offer any tactics. What we have done in the last couple of years under the Biden administration is do what I thought would be impossible, which is to repair our relationships with our allies around the world that were destructed, ruined, during the Trump administration. Uh, That is arduous work. That requires extraordinarily deft hands of diplomacy. And if we are to keep America safe and secure, and we will, we have got to do it with our allies around the world. And the only way to do so is to cooperate. That's my ethos. That's why I'm so proud to be the most bipartisan member of not just the House, the Senate, and also all governors, believe it or not, 585 people. Uh, And that's my focus, bringing people together. Let me assure you, our, our, our foreign Uh, Our uh, enemies around the world are looking right now at the United States, our divisions. That's why I'm so focused on bringing us together because that is our weakness, our strength in our military. I saluted my opponent's uh, military career, complimented with diplomacy, will make us persevere. But we have got to find space and place for Americans to come together, share common good and common ground. And that's how we will keep us safe. Tom Weiler. Yep, just a quick uh, uh, question on that. Back to Congressman Phillips. He, he mentioned that uh, the Biden administration has been leading the charge to repair these relationships. Ask Ukrainians and Europeans right now um, if, if they feel that our relationship uh, in Europe or in our foreign policy is doing um, good things for them in the last two years or bad things for them in the last two years. Right now there's a war in Europe and there's a threat of a nuclear Armageddon, according to our own president. So, so I don't believe our foreign policy in the last two years is serving our allies or Americans' um, best interest. Next topic, uh, we'll start with you, uh, Tom Weiler. Medicare and Social Security uh, offer Americans stability. As we look towards the future, there is some instability in the funding of those programs. Do you support fully funding these programs into the future, Medicare and Social Security? Absolutely, yes. That is a, uh, a an agreement our military correction our government has made years ago, and, and both of those issues I take to heart. Actually, I am retired right now from the military, and and obviously I have a unique uh, healthcare um, health experience right now. I've I've been under socialized medicine in the military. I received a Parkinson's diagnosis. I have pre existing conditions. I'm trying to manage my care shifting into the VA right now. My family is shifting into the commercial sector. And fundamentally, we need a healthcare system that works for middle-income families um, with pre-existing conditions, with kids. And, and all Americans deserve what I call the three A's of healthcare. It needs to be affordable, it needs to be available, and it needs to be awesome. And fundamentally, right now in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, we managed to put in some uh, negotiations for cheaper um, um, prescription drugs, which is a great thing for all Americans. And I fully support those initiatives. But unfortunately, we completely did not address the core problem, which is incredibly high cost of health care and prescription drugs. And what 
um, the Democrats did with passing the, the, those policies is simply shift the costs from the government providers to the insurance provided by employers. And in the third district specifically, the majority of people in the third district are on employer-sponsored health care plans. So it's effectively just transferring costs to those plans. So health care is incredibly important for our country, and I believe our government does have a role to ensure all Americans have available, affordable, Time. and awesome health care. Representative Phillips, uh, Medicare and Social Security are important for the stability of Americans. Do you support fully funding these programs into the future, even though their trust funds show that there could be a shortfall? Lois, I support fully funding Medicare and Social Security 100%. That was the question. In fact, I'm working with Senator Romney, a Republican senator, of course, from Utah, and many others uh, on a project called the Trust Act, because if we do not do something and intervene in these programs, they will run out of money. It is an obligation of Democrats and Republicans to unify, uh, to intervene in these programs. They will run out of money. It is an obligation of Democrats and Republicans to unify uh, behind both. Uh, I remind everybody that Social Security is the most successful anti-poverty program in world history, not just U.S. history, in world history. And I'm looking at ways to actually encourage Americans to perhaps share more. Government cannot solve all of our problems. We need to rely on thoughtful Americans to do so as well. So if we're going to preserve these programs and ensure that retirees who, by the way, these are not entitlement programs. These are dollars that people have earned by working hard. And we should honor that. Unfortunately, there are too many seniors living in poverty in this country. Uh, and I believe we should look at a way for those who have done well in America, who do not need their Social Security, to consider returning it to a pool that would be then shared with the lowest income seniors in America. Not back to the U.S. Treasury. Nobody wants to do that, of course. But share it with those who really need it and actually create a hybrid approach uh, for Americans to do better for one another. Uh, those, that's the kind of thinking that I think we need to inject in our Congress. Again, can only happen – when Democrats and Republicans actually work together like I'm doing with Senator Romney. Tommy, you have a rebuttal. And, boys, and just a quick question on that. Uh, Congressman Phillips brought up, you know, our seniors who are on uh, set, um, set incomes right now. What's most negatively affecting our seniors right now is 8% inflation and transferring college debt to our seniors who are paying taxes. Thanks. All right, this is the last question before closing statements. Uh, the question uh, begins with uh, you, Dean Phillips. After the 2020 election, uh, there's been a debate, a discussion, and a dialogue in this country about election security. Should Congress federalize the administration of elections, and what more can be done to ensure that more Americans have confidence in our elections? Dean Phillips. No. uh, The federal government should absolutely not federalize our elections. Thank goodness Uh, We have entrusted states to do so. I can only imagine what would have happened during the Trump administration in 2020 uh, if our elections were federalized. And I ask that people take a moment and think about that. I also ask that people take a moment and look at the Secretary of State race right here in Minnesota, uh, where just moments before we started this debate, uh, the GOP nominee uh, was not even willing to say that she would abide by the outcome of this election. That is a national crisis. I'm an optimist, but we have significant work to do to ensure that our elections are safely administered and, and free and fair. Uh, there is a way to do both. By the way, if, if a third of the country believes that our elections are not free and fair, yes, we have an obligation to listen and actually restore their faith in government. There are ways to do so. And I believe, again, Democrats and Republicans should sit down together, address concerns on both sides, because the fact of the matter is also that too many people are being disenfranchised from being able to vote. 
I'm a, I come from a customer service background, a business background. I believe the federal government should be in that business of customer service. We should be making it easier for people to vote. Ensure that they are American citizens. We can use the last four digits of American Social Security numbers to ensure that they are Americans who have the right to vote. But let's make it easier, not harder. And no, we should not federalize elections. We should be voting for people who will preserve and protect our Constitution and ensure that everybody who has the right to vote can do so expeditiously and easily. Tom Weiler, should Congress uh, and Washington federalize our elections? What can be done to restore Americans' faith in our election system? Well, Blois, I got to give you credit for that question because it looks like you brought myself and Congressman Phillips together on that. I do not believe we should federalize our elections. And confidence in our elections is a fundamental tenet of an American democracy. And fundamentally, this one is sort of in the eye of the beholder. If Americans, Democrats, Republicans, independents don't have confidence in our elections, we need to take aggressive actions so they gain that confidence in elections. And I think there's common sense ways to do that. I think um, voter ID makes a lot of common sense, and the majority of Americans support that step. I think the fact that the voting season in Minnesota is about as long as our high school football season um, it is an unnecessary, um, an, unnecess- an excessively long voter period that just leads to more opportunities um, for, for bad activity or even um, innocent mistakes. So I think we can take common sense solutions to ensure voter integrity exists in our country and just as importantly ensure all Americans, Republicans, Democrats, and independents have confidence in the results of the election. We're going to move to the closing statements. Representative Dean Phillips, you have 90 seconds for your closing statement. Well, Blois, thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for bringing us together. I want to thank my opponent again for his service and for stepping up. I spend time in our communities every day. I visit schools, and my core message to young people is please consider careers in public service. Whether it's running for Congress or one-day president, whether it's city councils or school boards, Uh, If we are going to endure as the world's most extraordinary democracy, we need to encourage people to stand up. And I'm glad that you brought us together. Frankly, I would love to see an end uh, to nasty TV ads. I'd like to see us revise our campaign finance finance laws and focus more on doing what we're doing right now uh, with my opponent and me debating the issues, deliberating them and creating spaces and places to do so. I'm saddened that my opponent paints a pretty dark picture of America right now. now. He's for freedom, except when it comes to women's bodies. He's a patriot, except when it comes to preserving democracy. He's an independent voice, except when it comes to naming one thing that he might disagree on with Kevin McCarthy. He's for public safety, unless it requires limiting access to weapons of war. And he's a fiscal conservative who supported exploding the deficit in order to cut taxes for the wealthiest Americans in the 2017 Trump tax cuts. You know, I'm an optimist. I believe deeply in America. Uh, My opponent and I are both fathers of children, and we want better for them. I know that. I know everybody listening wants that. You know, I'm so honored to serve this extraordinary district, the one that has the highest voter turnout in the entire nation. And I believe our best days are yet to come. And the only way we can do that is by creating space and place to come together. And that's why I'm proud to be the most bipartisan member of the entire United States Congress, according to the Common Good Committee. Uh, I am the vice chair of the Vice of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, 28 Democrats, 28 Republicans that work together. Time. I believe the future is bright, and I hope everybody joins me and everyone's invited. Thank you. Tom Weiler, your closing statement. Well, thank you, Blois, and thank you, Congressman Phillips. One quick uh, response, Congressman Phillips, there. I th- you mentioned that, um, that I have problems with d- d- preserving democracy. I served this country for 20 years in the United States Navy. I know what it's like to preserve and fight for our democracy. And to me, the American dream I'm fighting for can be illustrated in a Friday night football game. 
That's when kids can come together with innocence and play football, sit in the stands, cheer on the sidelines. That's the type of American dream I fought to protect. I served in the Navy so those kids could go home that evening with the confidence and optimism that their own American dream is ready for them to go out and chase down. And in the last four weeks in our district and surrounding neighborhoods, we've had four high school football games interrupted by gunshots, guns at a game, school lockdown leading to the cancellation of a game. Where we are is completely unacceptable. And the fact that we almost made it through this debate without discussing crime is an insult to all Minnesotans in the 3rd District and all Minnesotans. We have a crime epidemic right now, and we need real leadership to turn the ship around on crime. Congressman Phillips voted against the police. He voted to take away qualified immunity from law officers. During my three ride-alongs, every deck plate officer I said said that would be an absolute game changer. And Congressman Phillips effectively voted to defund the police by requiring additional administrative requirements and not providing additional resources to meet those requirements. I'm a family man who grew up in the 3rd District. I understand our community, and I see the issues facing Minnesotans. Just like the oath I took 22 years ago, I am I, serving and protecting the Constitution of the United States, and I'm Time. serving to preserve the American dream for my two kids and all Americans. I'm Blaise Olson. This is Sunday Take. Thanks for listening. Learn more online at WCCORadio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.